Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. I'd like to thank one of the sponsors for today's show, and that is Nation's Photo Lab Prints. You know, your photos don't belong on your phone, you guys. They belong where you can see them. Right now, you can get 15 free square prints from Nation's Photo Lab. Just head to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use the code happyhour15. I recently did this and it makes me so happy to put personalized pictures of my kids on the wall instead of just on my computer. Nation's Photo Lab prints are made by photographers for photographers. You can choose from 4x4 or 5x5 sizes on their professional quality luster paper. Make every moment matter. Head to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use the code happyhour15 for your 15 free square prints. Guys, happy February 13th. I'm glad you're listening to the show today. If this is your first time, I want to welcome you. If this is your 232nd show to listen to, I want to say, wow, thank you for showing up every single week. Our goal on this show is to give you a show that encourages you, that inspires you, and points you to Jesus. And today's show does exactly that. On today's show, I'm talking with my friend, Winter Pitt's husband, Jonathan Pitts. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that it is an uncommon occurrence to have a man on the happy hour. The only man that's ever been on this show before has been my husband, Aaron. But today we're making an exception. Jonathan joins me and we're talking all about winter. Winter was a guest on my show all the way back on episode number 46. I encourage you to go listen to it after this show or pause right now and go listen to it so you can learn how wonderful my friend Winter was. We became friends when we traveled to Uganda together many years ago. I loved that woman, and she was going to even be a guest in my happy hour live this past October, but God called her home on July 24th of 2018. So today, when I sit down with Jonathan, we talk all things winter. We talk about grief. He talks about sitting in the present of that grief and not wishing to go back and not wishing to go forward, but letting God be with him in the present. That's probably one of my favorite things we talked about. And now he's working hard to continue the ministry that winter started called For Girls Like You. This show is unique in that we are talking about his wife and my friend who is no longer here. But what I know that you're going to see through this show when you listen is you're going to see a man who has not lost his hope or his faith in his God. And that is compelling and moving. So enjoy the show. Guys, before I get to the conversation with Jonathan, I want to tell you about Patreon. Patreon is a membership subscription service site Basically, here's what it is. You join Patreon. We have two different levels that we offer you, and we give you more content. One of the things that we offer for our VIP patrons is an extra show a month called Jamie and Friends. Here's my vision behind this, you guys, is I just want to sit down with one of my real-life girlfriends, have a conversation, and then let you hear it. You might be thinking, how is that different from the happy hour? Well, it's not that different, but also it's an extra show for you every single month. Last month, my friend Jamie Golden, you may know her from being co-host of the show, The Popcast, she joined me, and as you would expect, we had a lot of fun. Here's a little bit from that conversation. And listen, I was like, do I have an extra shirt on? Because I was like, I could cover the mic if I had an extra shirt on. And alas, it's just Spanx and this one shirt that I have on top of the Spanx. So there are going to be people who are not going to be on your team. And sometimes they're going to be people you love so very much. But I, even then, and it was hard because I'm a people pleaser who really wanted my parents to be proud of me. But even in the year, it took them about a year because they were just waiting for me to ask them for money. Because if I had ever yeah, had for sure, them, and I was like, oh, I will strip on a pole before I asked my parents for money in the name of God. Like, of course. Like, And now I took them on a vacation to Paducah, Kentucky. And so they're like, well, we're living that high life now. because That Jamie high has- life with Jamie and her podcast money. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. 
You guys, I, I know it's so fun. Anytime I talk with Jamie, I'm just dying laughing. So that is one of the things that you get when you become a VIP patron over on the happy hour Patreon page. So if you want more information, go check out jamieivy.com slash Patreon to see how you could get more episodes in your ears every single month. Okay, guys, here's my conversation with Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome to the happy hour. Glad to be here. Um, I want to tell you something. I haven't told you this ahead of time. I don't know if you know this. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. But no, no. you're not going to cry yet. We'll cry later, but you're not going to cry yet. I want to let you know that on the happy hour, this show is almost five years old. Mm -hmm. And I made a decision from the very get-go that I would only interview women. Oh, no. Am I the first guy? Well, my husband, okay. he gets a pass. Like, yeah, we're one be, flesh. You know, the first guy. He gets on. <laughs> You're the only guy that I've ever interviewed and that I might ever interview. Are you serious? I'm so serious. Wow. I feel blessed. I feel inspired. I feel like I can't believe I'm the first guy. There's so many other guys that I think you should interview before me. So. But I only interview women. Yeah. It's just a thing. I just started that way with um, the happy hour, and it's yeah. how it's always been. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just— Honorary standing in for my wife, maybe. Well, you are. I mean, yeah. we we will. We'll talk about that. But um, it's a joy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. So um, for those of you that are listening, uh, the reason that Jonathan is my first dude to ever interview <laughs> um, is because I was friends with your wife mm-hmm. um, and Winter went home to see Jesus. I actually wrote it down. She went, and you, uh, tell me if I'm off here, 27 weeks and two days ago. I don't keep track of the weeks, but it was basically um, uh, six months ago last last week. July twenty fourth, right? July twenty fourth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Went home to see Jesus. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about winter. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about you guys and your marriage. Um, but first, tell everybody what your family looks like. Like you guys are in Nashville. Give us the whole spiel about Jonathan and his girls. Yeah. So I have four beautiful girls. Look, most of them. Oh, not most of them. All of them look just like their mama in different ways. And um, Alina, my oldest, is fourteen. Uh, I have a 12-year-old named Caitlin, uh, and I have twin nine-year-olds, Cameron and Olivia. And they're all, like, they literally are all different pieces of winter. You put them all together and you have winter. And they're all tiny little frames, just like she was. Mm -hmm. And um, we live in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. I'm an executive pastor for Church of the City, which is, uh, we moved two weeks to, before winter winter died, July 24th, two weeks before that, we moved uh, to Franklin, to Nashville area for me to pastor. And Winter was really excited about my new role and, um, God's providence. We'll probably talk a little bit about it, but his providence to kind of move us and have us where we are right now, kind of in this moment, fresh fresh season. Um, it's just very clear that he was very intentional about all he was doing, which gives me a lot of um, hope, I guess. It gives you hope it. because yeah. you can look back and see his hand on it. Oh, I see it all over the place. I mean, there's hundreds of stories where I see God like working um, from where she died uh, to how she died um, to the family vacation uh, before the week before she died. I mean, it's just, it's all really providential. So we're here. I passed her. Um, I love what I'm doing. And then in addition to that, I'm basically, uh, I have the honor, the joy, the privilege of running Winter's Ministry, which is also a lot of work. <laughs> so I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, and you have said from the get-go, this will carry on. Yeah. This will continue. And it's like you're, you have this thing of, Preserving her legacy, mm-hmm. in a sense, but also saying, "Hey, we got a good thing here. Yeah. It doesn't need to end. We can. We're still ministering to to girls and women." Yeah. What I love about it is, like, Winter literally with God's. I th- I feel like all she did was she was obedient to the call that God had in her life, and in her obedience, He multiplied like her time, her energy, her resources. Because she literally started with a borrowed laptop and a thirty day free trial of Adobe Design software, and um, God just would multiply that. And um, so now, like, she's built a brand that has outlived her and is growing like quickly and faster than when she was here. And what's neat about that is that Winter would want no part of a growing right. ministry business. Like she just wanted to create uh-huh. and be left alone. She yeah. didn't want to do the other stuff. So I now know. she's like, here you go, Jonathan. I'm going to go chill. You so, take it. Exactly. Uh, can I tell you the first time I met Winter? Sure. Yeah. So Winter and I went on a trip together to Uganda. Oh, that's On this right. Soul Hope trip. Yeah. So she was actually the first person I met on that trip. We met in the Dallas airport uh-huh. and we were meeting everybody. I think we had to make maybe one more 
domestic stop. But anyhow, Winter and I met there. We went and had dinner. And I'll never forget because Winter made fun of me because I ordered um, a hamburger with gluten-free bun, but then I got French fries. (laughs) And she's like, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of like gluten-free bread. Um, But I got to spend, that was how I met your wife. And I got to spend an entire week with her in Uganda. And you know, when you're in another country on a trip with someone, everyone's best friends after the trip. Yeah. And so it was there that we became friends. And then she introduced me to her cousin, Crystal. Yeah. And um, Crystal and I have been friends in winter, and she's been on the show. Uh, winter was on maybe two or three times. And then I don't know if you even know this, that she was going to be at my live event this I, fall. Yeah, I actually just last night I was going through um, her Apple uh, cloud account looking at pictures, which I do fairly often. And I literally stumbled upon the video she recorded promoting mm. the event. She's like, in October, I'm going to be with Jamie. Yeah. You know, so— Anyway, yeah, I see things like that all the time. But what's funny is I thought you would have met her through Crystal or Priscilla. Like, mm-hmm. And I forgot that you were in Uganda. I was on that her. trip with her. So yeah. I met her before I met Crystal or Priscilla. Yeah, wow. Which is great. Wow. Um, so you guys were married for 15 years. 15 years and one month. Almost one month. Yeah, 15 yeah. years. And, and you did something special for y'all's 15-year anniversary, which yeah. I look back and I just think none of us know. No one knows mm-hmm. when God is going to finish here with us. Um but I look at the kindness of what he even left for you yeah. with what you did for winter. It still probably encourages you as you go back. I saw you were watching a video of yeah. y'all's anniversary. Uh, what'd you do to celebrate y'all's 15-year anniversary? Yeah, so before I even say what I did, I have to say that I'm not creative, one, <laughs> and I've never been able to surprise. I was never able up until that point to really surprise winter. So I'd heard a song. Um, I'm going to draw a blank on what the song is. It's like a medley of a few songs. And I'm like, I want to dance with my wife to that song on my 15-year anniversary. That's all I knew. And this was just a couple of days before. Jonathan, that's so creative. <laughs> I mean... Maybe that's creative. Yeah, that's yeah. just like theft. <laughs> I was just like, I know I want to dance to the song, but I didn't know how to do it. I'm like, I don't know where. I don't know when. So I talked to my um, old assistant at the ministry that I was working at at the time with Dr. Evans. And I just said, hey, Cameron, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out. I want to dance to this song, but I don't know when and how and what was it, what would it look like. And Cameron just helped me build this scenario. So we actually went to it. There's a store called Ever Eve. Do you know Ever Eve, by the way? Oh, yes, I totally know. The clothing store. Yeah, I love it. So My jacket over here is from them. So we'll give them a plug. Yeah. uh And the owners are wonderful believers and people. I met her recently, yes. Yeah, I was just emailing with them, actually. Oh, yay. But um, we met them a couple years ago. Winter tried their store out and fell in love with it. So I'm like, I want to go take her to the store because they have personal shoppers. And I want her to have this personal shopping experience because I hate shopping. So I take her to do that. First surprise, we go shopping, just get a couple outfits. I don't nag her about money. I'm just like, whatever, whatever you want. want. Did that. And I did it well because no, normally I would do that and still be kind of nagging with my eyes. But right. I wasn't nagging at all. So after that, we went and had an awesome steak dinner. And then we left the steak dinner. And my assistant, Cameron, helped me kind of build the scenario where there's this, there's this mansion in Dallas, which is actually owned by the ministry I ran. It's like a studio. And we went there, and um, I basically had uh, dessert out for her, candlelit dessert in one room with uh, candles and then uh, cookie dough ice cream. She loved her ice cream melted, so she had melted cookie dough ice cream, Coke, which she liked. Cooking. That's why she got on you about the the fries. Yeah, Because uh-huh. she's just like, just go all the way. Yeah, just right, right. Eat what you want, you know, so— so had the dessert, and then all of a sudden the music starts playing, and the song comes on. I, I need to learn the name of the song, but the song comes on, and oh, from this moment was is one. Okay. And um, so I'll think of the other. Yeah. One. So anyway, she um, we walk out and we just begin to dance to the song, and I completely surprised her. And what's neat is the video we recorded it, which was all Cameron's idea, and uh, a couple of her friends and my friends helped us record that. And so now it's like a forever memory yeah. that I have that was a gift to me from the Lord. Because I can look I can look at her and see that she feels fully loved. And, you know, like we're, like any other couple, like some, some moments you feel fully loved, some moments you don't. But I've like this moment captured where she full, feels fully loved by her. And I know that I'm loving her fully. And, uh, yeah, it'll forever be a gift. Were your so, girls there? Do I remember yeah, that? Yeah, the girls were there. And then a couple of my nieces and my nephew were there. And a couple of the people we love, like her best friend, Nicole, uh-huh. who was filming, Cameron, who was a good friend that I kind of mentored. And he also, she, he, she poured into him, too. Yeah. And another young girl that worked with me that she kind of mentored. And um, all of our kids, my sister-in-law and their kids. And so, that, like, they come down the steps. And I do, like, this spin. I spin her around, and she just sees the girls on the steps. And you just see her, like, erupt with joy and excitement. And, um Yeah, really cool moment. I love that you have that memory and that even tangible thing to watch, to remember 
your wife, that you did fully love her mm-hmm. for your 15 years of marriage. I also love that your kids, that your girls have that, yeah. um, to see that picture of their mom being fully loved by their dad as well. Um, you talked, you said earlier about how many things God kind of set into place mm-hmm. before winter's passing. And I remember when Crystal called me to tell me, uh, she called me the next morning to tell me about winter passing away. And she went through, we talked for about 30, 40 minutes, and she went through some of the ways that even 12, 15 hours later, yeah. the family was able to look back and be like, God, you were so good in this yeah. horrible, tragic situation. Can you tell us some of those things that you look yeah. back now and say, in the midst of the worst day of my life, thank you, God? Yeah. Uh, one, um, these are little ones for winter, like actually for winter, but also settling for me to know. The first is we'd already moved to Nashville. So we had our house in Nashville. We were out of our house in Dallas. So we were staying actually at Priscilla Shire, her cousin's mm-hmm. um she has a house that they'd moved out of, but it was still furnished. So we were staying there, and it was a place of real comfort for winter. Um, they, we raised our kids together there, gave our kids baths there. She took naps on their couch. She wrote. She wrote in uh, one room they had. Like there was just all this, all these reasons why I feel like God had her there. Mm. One was just because it was a place of comfort, and she died pretty much in her sleep. Like she kind of rose up, and then just kind of. Um, just her heart stopped mm-hmm. and she lost consciousness, but she was, she was taking a nap and I just had happened to walk in. Um, but she was there second, because we were there and not at our house, which our house is in the city. She would have went to a city hospital, which would have been like old. And mm. the hospital next to us was not one that you'd want to go to with the flu, let alone like, right. with a, um, you know, end of life kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. So being at Priscilla's house, we ended up going to this brand new Baylor hospital. And if you know anything about winter, winter prayed for new bathtubs in all of our houses. <laughs> it was a big deal. And so for her to be in like a brand new, I mean, this hospital is not even two years old. Yeah. Um, when we get to the hospital um, and she basically, I, in my mind, she was already gone when we got there, but she was, they still had a p- little bit of a pulse and all that. But the surgeon that showed up happened to be one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. I served on a board with her husband. Um, winter and I were supposed to go out for two nights with them the next two nights, not that night, the winter passed, but the next two nights after that, because they had a medical conference. And so anyway, she shows up. So I text him and say, you know, winter's not breathing and they're on their way. They live close to the hospital. And um, she walks in minutes after I walk in. And when the girls get there, and I'm having to tell the girls that their mom's gone, which is a whole other story of God just kind of Holy Spirit infused, just give me the words to say, helping me lead my family well. Um, but the surgeon says to Alina, she stops her, she looks at her and says, you serve a big God, a big, big God. Don't you ever forget it. And just confuse like these words mm-hmm. of wisdom, but also words of like just confidence into Alina of what was actually the reality of what was happening, not what felt like was happening. And honestly, that was like the theme of the moment. And I'll never forget it is for whatever reason, God allowed me to kind of reconcile the difference between what feels like is happening humanly and what actually is happening in that moment. And, um, explain that just a little bit, what you're, what, what he's telling you in that moment. So what's, what feels like is happening is that all hope is being lost, that we're losing everything that life is falling apart and all my flesh wants to do is rage and yell and scream and do whatever flesh wants to do when it gets confronted with fear or anger or whatever. But what actually is happening and what I'm reconciling in that moment is that, nope, God just decided that he's calling winter home. And if he's calling her home, then he's not stopping his love for her. He's actually helping her fully realize his love for her. And I'm, I'm processing all that, like in the moment mm, it's happening. That night you're processing that. In that moment, I'm yeah. processing that. And I mm-hmm. remember um, because, you know, they, they were trying all this resuscitation stuff from the house all the way through um, to the hospital and even at the hospital. And they called me in and said, hey, she, um, we got a pulse, but we've lost it. And we we think that she's gone. You know, do you want to come into the room? And so I came into the room and I come into the room and I just kneel down beside her. And I just knew in that moment, the only thing I was supposed to do was just tell her goodbye. And the only way I knew to do that was worship. And so I sang in her ear as I just, you know, rubbed her head. Um, it's all sons and daughters. Um, all the earth will shout your name. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing or something like that. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in my lungs. So I just sang that in her ear as she died. And I was like, it was this moment of reminding her where she was going and this mm-hmm. moment of remi- reminding myself. Sorry. It just hit me real fast. But reminding myself how good God is and that like it's literally his breath in her lungs, not hers. And... um that she was going to a good place and we could trust that. So anyway, super hard, almost impossible, but God gave me the grace to get through it and the strength to lead my girls through it. After that moment, you have to go out and talk to your girls. Yeah. Which 
I'm a parent, you're a parent, a lot of people listening are parents, and we almost want to keep pain from our kids. Yep. This is impossible to keep pain from your girls in this moment. It's their new reality. Yeah. You mentioned that it felt like a whole, the Holy Spirit just literally spoke through you. Yeah. What was it like telling your girls? Um, so all I remember is, and I don't know if I was, I didn't have to conjure myself up to do it, but I just knew that what my role was to go in there and just speak to them with confidence about what was happening, where their mommy was. But then also, like, in addition to that, was just joining them in their pain. Like, it's like it was the most painful moment of my life to, to date and maybe will be forever. I don't know. Talking but, to your girls? Like, knowing that that was what I had to do was to mm. go in there and talk with them. And having just n- watched Winter die, you know, and then going there to tell them, it was— um, yeah, like I can't even, I, I don't ever want to have that moment again, but in it, like I knew that God was there. And not only did I have to give them confidence, but I was just a, supposed to be with them in it. So I just joined them in it. And I remember like even that night, like, you know, the, all the Evans family, they were there, Crystal, Priscilla, um, Jonathan. I don't think Anthony was in town. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, everybody was there. Family was there. Went back to my brother-in-law's house. Her, her brother had moved to Dallas two years ago from Baltimore, which was a beautiful, another beautiful yeah. story. Um, but... I, you know, I went into the bedroom with them and just laid with them, and we cried together and we sang together. But what's beautiful about it is, I remember like singing worship songs together, which was like really comforting for me and for them. Was this realization that like we weren't alone in our pain, like God was just, was with mm-hmm. us in our pain as well. And that's really been these last six months is God has been with us in our pain. And the paradox between the sorrow that we feel and the joy that God's given us is like nothing I've ever experienced before in mm-hmm. terms of like. Those things exist together. Like they sorrow, can coexist. Yeah, they can coexist. And it's not wrong to coexist. Like sorrow is okay. Joy is amazing. But like put those together and that's where God that's where God lives, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. But. So my question when you say that, because I think that's so true, you know, on much different levels, it, we, it doesn't mean um, losing a mother or losing a wife. We can all, we all experience hardships in life, right? And, yeah. and sometimes it is hard to reconcile that I can be sad and have joy in the Lord at the same time. Yeah. I think that that is something I can imagine you trying to teach your girls that as well because you want them yeah. to be sorrowful. Well, and trying to learn myself because for me, like avoiding pain has probably always been a big part of my story that I've never realized until now. And uh, uh, my counselor told me that, you know, like that God exists in the present and we as humans either want to, especially in pain, like go to the past, go back to the way things were or like just stay stuck somewhere or we want to run into the future. And my tendency is like to run into the future. Like I got this moment, let's go. And I'm running forward, but God only exists. He's like with us in the present. Mm -hmm. So like the goal is to stay present. And I think in the present we have joy and we have sorrow. So like I can understand that when I hear, okay, joy and sorrow coexist, but that's, that's where God is because that's just the present. Like we're, we're human. Mm -hmm. So we have all these different feelings, these emotions, and um, I don't know if I'm making sense. It but. is making total sense because yeah. our we want to protect ourselves either by going back to how things were mm-hmm. or like I'm I'm done. I'm moving yeah. forward without experiencing God right there in that yeah. moment. So the biggest struggle to me these last six months has been like grieving well, I think, is just being present. Mm. Like grieving well is not like me stuck on how life was. Life was so much better with winter. I can't believe I don't have winter anymore. I'm going to stay back there and like ignore my life because I have a life beyond you. Yeah. But it also means me not running as fast as I can the other direction and dragging my girls along with me to something Like, new. we need to move on. Yeah. We're moving past this. Yeah. Now, one of the things that God gave us was moving to Nashville. There is a newness. There's a freshness about our lives that God just—I don't know that he does that for everybody, but he did it for us, and I'm mm-hmm. grateful. But in that, there's still, like, moments where I'm like, last night, I'm sitting in my bedroom on my laptop looking at pictures of my wife— feeling every bit of the sorrow and the joy at the same time. And that's a healthy place to be. Mm. And so I'm trying to stay there. Like I have better moments than others. And um, like a day like today, like I'm super hopeful. Like everything's gone right today. Um, there've been like sitting here with you is really cool. My last meeting here was really cool. Like there's there's cool things happening. And then there's days that feel really, really yucky. Yeah. Um, and the bottom line is my feelings. Every day I'm gonna have feelings. And I need to stay right there in them and yeah. just know that God's with me and, and cling to the hope I have. So I, I love the hope that you have and the foundations that you're building. But my, I wonder if someone's listening and they've gone through some extreme tragedy, which mm-hmm. we would define this as, have you had moments of, God, what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you an ex- example of what I'm saying here too is um, at the funeral mm-hmm. for winter. Um I remember, and I'll probably butcher it, and you probably don't remember much from that day either, but I remember when Dr. Evans was speaking, mm-hmm. 
He, beautiful. Everything pointed to Jesus. Everyone, everything pointed to we have a hope that cannot be shaken. I yep. mean, it was one of the most beautiful services I've ever attended. Mm. Um, but there was this moment of going, let's just be honest. Some of us think, God, you messed up here. This wasn't yeah. the best plan. How have you struggled through that? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, because I, I remember I didn't watch it until probably November, but Dr. Evans and all of his kids did a um, which was powerful YouTube video together. Yes. Oh, they, it was a service. That was probably was that it was in between the funeral and her passing. It right? was the night after she died. So yes. the struggle was, do we do the service? And you know, a couple of his kids were like, no, and then a couple of his kids were like. Maybe we should. And so the bottom line is they end up doing the service and they just made it about this moment. Like it was real and raw. Yeah, real I mean, and raw. one of the cousins was just like, I don't I don't I don't know how this is yeah. this can't be okay. That's Anthony. So yeah. so I watched that. I didn't watch that until November because I couldn't pull myself to watch it. But Can we link to it? Is it still available? Yeah. It's okay, on I'll link to it. Okay, yeah, good. It's got tons of views. So it's it's, it's yeah. It's because it's raw. Yeah. It is not someone looking back. Yeah. It is we just walk we're walking this is our hell right now. Yeah. So one of the things you notice about it is like all of Winter's four first cousins that are on that stage with her uncle, they're talking through what happens and they all have different responses. And Dr. Evans goes, well, you're all built differently. And so like, I think Priscilla's is her, her, she's more hopeful. Anthony's more like, what the heck? And he's really Mm -hmm. honest about it. And they're all just a little bit different. And I feel like I'm probably, you know, on that pendulum between like hopeful and, you know, really ticked off. Mm -hmm. Like I'm probably leaning more center, but more hopeful side. Um, so I don't think I've I've never really questioned God like and he's also given me a ton of signs of like I don't know why he did it but he's been really intentional about how he's done it. Mm. So I just trust that and I've not at, there, at no point have I not trusted that. I've been frustrated in moments of like now I'm dealing with my girls. I'm my sister lives with me but I'm a I'm a You're single, single dad, dad now. you know yep. to a certain degree mm-hmm. and so like I've frustrating moments of doing fatherhood by myself or you know, even like with her ministry is as much joy as it brings me, like I'm like moonlighting till one in the morning, some mornings, like just trying to keep that together. I'm just like, Lord, like what the heck? Mm-hmm. Um, you think we were so much better together is yeah, what it would feel exactly. like. Yeah. And we did everything together. Mm-hmm. You know, we wrote together, the ministry together. So, but, but I don't like, I don't have that, that bent towards, I have a bent towards looking towards the positive, looking towards just a, I guess, just a, like a joyful optimism. It's how you're, it's how be. you, it's not, the lens you see things yeah, like through. Built that way. Mm-hmm. So, but I now, I definitely have more compassion for people that aren't built that way, just watching what I've gone through. But yeah, I don't, it's just that we're just all different, you know? And that video that they did, I think, like you said, it's a really good example of the way that we see yeah. tragedy through different lenses. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because it makes me feel like that too, like to have compassion for someone who, yeah. and give them ability to grieve in the way that they're going to grieve. Yeah. Um, the funeral was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I, what's funny is I don't remember, like I remember, like now that you say you were there, I remember kind of meeting you with those uh, couple of the women that you were with. But, but I'm, I remember the service vividly, and it was it was it was beautiful to celebrate her and to celebrate her life and all that she accomplished. Um, well, here's I'll give you something that I told people when I got home from the funeral was, um, I, I went. I mean, obviously I was there. There, I mean, we got there. Jenny and Rachel and I got there like an hour before it started because mm-hmm. there was the visitation with the family and the parking lot was full and the waiting outside to go in was full. Yeah. So we go in and we get our seats and and you were standing at the end Mm -hmm. receiving everybody that came in. And I thought, you know, I'd never met Jonathan. I don't think I'm going to go down there. Like, I'm, you know, I don't, we had never met before. And I decided to, when I went down there and you, what you said, you have no idea because you've met so many people, but you looked at me and you said, thank you for being Winter's friend. She loved you. And I thought, man, I didn't need that, Mm -hmm. you know, but... I'm sure it had to have been comforting for you to look out and see these people love my wife. Yeah, it was, man, it was a grand moment. I don't, are you an Enneagram person? I'm a six. Okay, so Alina's a six. Winter okay. was a nine. I would have guessed that. Yeah, uh-huh. and <laughs> I think y'all talked about that in Uganda, actually. Maybe. She, she learned about the Enneagram in Uganda. Okay. So as a nine, like if there's a question that a nine asks themselves is, does what I do matter? Mm-hmm. Does my life matter? Do mm-hmm. I have significance? And I know that from being married to her, that that was like a little bit of a struggle for her, even as much as God was using her. And it's hard when you're like, you know, comparing yourself to Priscilla Shire. Yeah, or, I know. These are your cousins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every day is, yeah. You know, it's like your thousands. best friend and she's Priscilla. Yeah. yeah. So what was beautiful about that moment for me is like, I'm like, I'm just like, God, like, I hope that winter's in heaven, just looking and seeing mm-hmm. how much like her, her life mattered, the significance that her life had in the kingdom, but just to the people that were around her and friends and just to see 
for not being like a relational extroverted person, the level of depth of friendship that she had across a wide range and variety of people and things. And um, so I was grateful for that. So for me, like standing there receiving was just like wel welcoming an opportunity to live like, I don't know, just to live that experience out. I'll never forget this. I do remember this. Was my little girl next to me? Do you remember if one of my one girls? One of your girls was, yeah. So, so Caitlin, my 12-year-old, who is like the most extroverted, outgoing girl, like she's never met a stranger, beautiful personality. I noticed that she had walked up next to me and where the other girls wanted to go backstage and kind of be away from all the line. It was a lot. It was yeah, a lot, it was, yeah. It was too much. Mm -hmm. But Caitlin was like, no, I want to stay with daddy. And I, I remember looking at her and she's looking up at me and she's mimicking me. Mm. And she just has this sense that she wants to do that very same thing. And that was one of the like, greatest moments of my life was watching my watching my girl kind of want to do what I do. But she's built more like me than she is like Winter. But it was just neat to have her there by my side and just knowing that I'm not in this alone. And God's gifted her just like he gifted her mom. And he's got a plan for her and a plan for her sisters. And um, so anyway, it was, a, it was a really beautiful day. And I'll look back on it every day of my life remembering that it was a beautiful day. Mm. Do you guys have that recorded? Yeah, it's actually on Facebook. Like people are still watching it. Wow. So, what, you know, the only reason that I, I didn't try for all this to be so public, but because she was some level of a public yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I announced it on um, Instagram and Twitter maybe, and Facebook, I guess, like the night that she died. Cause I knew there were so many people that would want to know that I have no idea who they are. For sure. Like at the moment, I wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known to call me, yeah. So I'm just like, I got to post this. So I posted on social media, which kind of made public then. And then because we wanted her grandfather to be able to watch the funeral, we're like, we might as well stream it. And there were other people that we knew wouldn't be able to make it in town. And so we streamed it. And what's been neat is that's been just as much of a ministry as anything else that she's ever published, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, um, just neat to know that God can use our life and he can use our death, that God's glorified in our life and he's glorified in our death. For sure. Mm -hmm. One of the um, one of the things that I came away from the funeral was, and I don't know if someone said this specifically or I just kind of left feeling this is, um, you know, as believers, we know that God's word is true. And he says, I already have your days numbered. Like yep. you either get 21 or 35 or 87. Like it's just already set, right? Yep. And I remember leaving there going, um, when, how old was Winter when she passed away? 38. 38. Yep. I remember leaving going, what God already knew and planned for Winter was 38 years. And she used them so well. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, God, if I get, I'm 40, if I get 40, if I get 45, no matter where the end game is, mm -hmm. I want to be able to say I did well with what you gave me. Yeah. And I remember leaving thinking, Winter did well yeah. with 38. Yeah, it's neat. Like, I have a really cool story that really illuminates that point. Um, you know, she, I think she got healthy, like fully healthy. Her dad was a drug addict and she's like grew up with her mom and her grandmom, like single parent home and in inner city of Baltimore. Her childhood was, I mean, it wasn't the best from a world, world perspective, but her mom and her grandmom both gave their lives to the Lord when they were, I think the year she was born, year before she was born. And so inside her home, it was just a different story. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think she got healthy and fully healed from like fatherhood wounds and all that stuff, probably like 29, 30, like we're into marriage and like, but from that point on, it was like, God just put her on this track. Like she was just like a racehorse for the kingdom, which is a beautiful thing to watch her live out her purpose and her calling that well. And the exclamation point on that was, um, you know, she'd done her ministry. She's all, you know, published to that point, eight books and mostly to the tween girl space. And we'd published one together, but uh, our publisher asked if we'd write a marriage book. And I'm just like, I don't know. And Winter's like, I don't know. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't want you to write a how-to. We want you to write a, like a join us in the journey kind of thing. So we prayed about it. And we said we could do it. Well, that book, which we finished in May and turned into for edit, editing, came back to us. And four hours before she died, we turned that final edited manuscript in. And to me, that was like this exclamation mm. point and reminder that like God knows how long your life's going to be. And because of that, like if he's going to use you, he'll backtrack and he'll basically figure out how fast things need to happen and how much energy you need to have and all these different things to accomplish that. So like Winter did not leave this earth not having accomplished anything that he wanted her to accomplish. I'm fully confident of that. Mm. And that was just an exclamation point of letting me know that, reminding me of that. And um, yeah. it's. I remember hearing you say that somewhere about turning that manuscript in, mm -hmm. about, a, you know, join us in this journey, the story of y'all's marriage um, on the last day that you would spend with your wife, which I think is just, you think about it, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's crazy. It's bizarre that God would orchestrate that to happen. Yep. Did you ever, surely you never thought of, I don't want this to come out. Oh, no. Okay. No, like, honestly, like, people, I think most people are kind of in shock that I can function. And then they're next, they're in shock that I can talk about her so much. But for me, it's like, 
it's the greatest honor and joy of my life to be able to talk about her, talk about what we had, talk about the gift that God had given us in each other. So like, I'll never stop talking about it. Like, that's kind of how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I'll never stop, you know, like wanting to put uh, energy and effort in her ministry and just her her life's work. And so, yeah, I've, I never thought that not once. All right, friends, I did not even know where to pause this show because it was so very good. And I know you're loving it. And I'm so thankful for Jonathan's vulnerability on the happy hour. But I want to pause and thank our sponsors real quick. The first sponsor I want to thank is Thread Up. You guys, I've been seeing things about Thread Up and I finally got to try it out for myself. Here's the question Do you want to save money? Yes. Do you want to save the planet? Yes. And do you want to look good doing it? Yes, yes, and yes. It doesn't get any better than Thread Up. Thread Up is the largest online consignment store where you can shop high quality pieces for up to 90% off estimated retail. You did not mishear me, you guys. I said 90% off. They have over 35,000 brands ranging from Gap to Gucci with thousands of new items added every day. You can find a coach purse for $10 or an anthropology dress for six or a Lululemon tank for 10 Plus, if you go to threadup.com slash happy hour today, you'll get an extra 30% off your first order. Like 30% off a $10 purse? You guys, you cannot beat this. It's super easy and fun to shop. Save your sizes, your favorite brands, and filter for exactly what you want. It's the comfort of shopping online with insane deals of thrifting. Look good and do good this year with ThreadUp. You guys, I don't like thrift stores. I don't like going to consignment stores. I don't like going to Goodwill, but I do like going online and filling in my profile, what I want and finding stuff that I enjoy. You guys, I recently shopped at ThreadUp and let me tell you what I brought home. I got some Lululemon athletic pants. I got some Free People wedges. I got some shoes by Steve Madden and I got some Steve Madden sneakers. My shoe game is going to be on fire this spring thanks to ThreadUp. Go to threadup.com slash happy hour for an extra 30% off your first order. That's threadup, T-H-R-E-D-U-P dot com slash happy hour for an extra 30% off. Terms apply. Okay, guys, I want to thank our next sponsor for today's show, and that is ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork. You get to choose from curated boxes, including a mix of high-quality beef, chicken, and pork, or customize your own box to get exactly what you and your family love. Each box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. And all meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual biodegradable packaging, then delivered right to your doorstep. It's incredibly convenient. You can even choose your delivery frequency with the customizable subscription. You guys know my love for having things delivered to my house. Like if I don't have to leave, I'm happy. Having meat from ButcherBox delivered to our house is a game changer. We know that when we're getting meat from them, we are getting good meat that we can trust to put in our kids' bodies. I love how easy the webpage is to find what you're looking for. I love how great the packaging is. And I love how I know that when I shop with ButcherBox, I'm getting quality beef, chicken, and pork to feed my family. For two free filet mignons, free bacon, and $20 off your order, go to butcherbox.com slash happy hour and enter the promo code happy hour at checkout. Just in case you mentioned, I said the two words, free bacon. Go now. This is over a $50 value and available for a limited time. That's butcherbox.com slash happy hour and enter the code happy hour at checkout. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Jonathan Pitts. Can you tell me about y'all's last two weeks? Because I know that those were some huge blessings from the Lord. Yeah. That you yeah. would have never known were going to be so huge. Yeah. So in those last two weeks, one, we had moved to Nashville. So you would think that we'd just be all in Nashville unpacking, doing all that. Well, we moved in to our house in Nashville um, two weeks before she passed. And then we would leave for a week of vacation in Iowa, which was a family vacation with literally all of my family, my 94-year-old grandmother down to all of my 13 nieces and nephews, my parents, my siblings. Like they're all there, minus one brother-in-law. And we got family pictures, like literally like professional quality family pictures. Had an amazing time. Had not one fight on a family vacation, which is Which is like, <laughs> that is a godsend, by the way. Yes, good for y'all. Yeah, not one argument. Um, she went and spoke with Alina at her, her last event that weekend at a, girl, a mommy-daughter event. They went and did that. That Sunday, we're back in Dallas for like my final week of work. She was finishing her last project. 
and we would do basically a family reunion with the Evans family. Like all of her cousins were there um, at Priscilla's house. We're celebrating on that Sunday. And um, yeah, it was just beautiful to have all of that, all those family experiences. And really it was more than that. It was like the last month. We had two family vacations uh, the two weeks prior to that. Like I was telling Winter for our 15 year anniversary, I want to go to Cabo or somewhere. I've got points. I got airline miles. Let's go leave the kids at home. And she's like, I kind of just want to, spend time with the kids. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, we're going to get away. This is our 15-year anniversary. And she would not let it go. And mm. I'm like, okay. Like, I knew winter when she digs in. And like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to just let it go. Like, forget Cabo. I'm yeah. sleeping with kids uh-huh. <laughs> on my 15-year yeah. yeah. anniversary. Yeah. And we had an amazing, these one um, at a resort in San Antonio, another another resort in the Hill Country. We spent these two, like, long weekends at these resorts just with our girls mm. and had, like, an amazing time doing stuff we would have normally never have done. And we spent just quality time together as family. And just like even her intuition to want to do that, mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. God, yeah, yeah. God. That's one of the things that Crystal told me when we were talking the day after Winter passed away is she said one of their greatest gifts was because they were kind of sending you guys off to Nashville, they said these goodbyes and yeah. they said all these things that they would want to say, not knowing it was a literal goodbye until eternity. Yeah, so my sister-in-law decided we were, uh, 4th of July weekend, we were all together, Evan's family together, and she decided she wanted to make a picture book and a um, like a, a letter book. Like so, we have I have a I have a and she gave these to Winter the Sunday on the, the before the she Sunday died before on a she Tuesday. Died, yeah, on Tuesday. So we have a picture book that show all of our pictures from because we were I was raised in New Jersey. Winter was raised in Baltimore. We spent all of our married years except like the first eight months in. Uh, New Jer- in New Jersey, but then we were in Texas all those other years. And so like we have that whole story of raising our girls together documented in a picture book and then letters, Priscilla, Crystal, um, the, all the kids, Dr. Evans, Mrs. Evans, Anthony, like, and several other family and friends that got to sign that book. And so Winter literally got those on the Sunday before she died on the Tuesday, getting to hear the goodbyes and how much she meant to all of her family. It was amazing. It's just, it, it's you look back and you go, God, we can't deny that you were setting this up, this hard situation, and you're saying, I'm going to show you that I'm here and that I'm for your family. Um, How are your girls doing? They're doing good. You know, I mean, I I won't go into the specific details on them individually, but we've dealt with a whole range of emotions from anger to avoidance probably to a lot of different emotions, but they are with literally the best child therapist in the country. So great. I don't know if you know Sissy Goff, but she's amazing. Yes. Daystar Counseling Center here Uh in Nashville. So they're there. And so this is another cool God story. Winter started the podcast in like last winter, like Mm -hmm. a year ago. And uh, she did 25 episodes. I don't know if you know Courtney DeFeo, but they did this podcast together. I think it was the very first episode they have Sissy Goff on. And I remember coming home from work and Winter saying, I could listen to her talk for hours. Mm. So we come to Nashville. Sissy finds out, because she's here in Nashville, she finds out we're coming to Nashville. She says, I want to counsel those girls. Like, just give me an opportunity to do it. So they've been at that counseling center center since day one. And we've had immense healing as a family. And I get to understand a little bit more about how children grieve. And And it's almost like you had Winter's stamp of approval of, I want Sissy with my girls. That's the lady I want and nobody else. And bam. Like, it was just, and that's from our house that she got to pick out Mm -hmm. and pray for, the girls' school that she got to pick out and pray for, my new job. Like, she was a part of that process. Like, what's been neat is finding out after the fact that Winter was telling all of her friends that she was more excited for me than anybody else in this journey. Like, it Mm -hmm. wasn't about her, it was about me. Mm -hmm. So even like that, like, she didn't, necessarily tell me that. I mean, she was excited for me. I could tell that, but she was talking to all of her friends about how excited she was for me. So even the confidence to be here pastoring in Nashville and to even pursue that life after, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know if we would go stay in Dallas. I just stay in my old job. Do we move? Like I didn't, I didn't know at that point. I'm know? sure those were big decisions because you yeah. just don't know how do we, it's almost like that. How do we go on? Because we just want to kind of stay how it was before, yeah. which is what you're talking about earlier, like that present scenario. Yeah. So like, all I remember thinking is Winter's ministry is going to go on. I knew that. And then I'm thinking, okay, as a leader, as a dad, I need to think about my kids. And so I'm going to pray about it and tell them I'm going to pray about it. And we're going to talk as a family. And I look at Alina one day. This is the this is two days before the funeral. And she's like, can I talk to him? I'm like, yeah, we walk outside. She's like, are we still going to Nashville? And I'm like, well, we got to pray about it and talk about it as a family. We'll take some time. And thankfully, like my now boss, um, Darren Whitehead at Church of the City, literally, he's like, hey, like, if you come, great. If you don't come, we're going to get all your stuff back. We love you guys. We're going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. But if you come, you're going to find a family ready to adopt you. So he told me that. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So Alina says to me on that afternoon, she's like, daddy, like mommy would have wanted to go to Nashville more than anybody else. She was excited for you. She was excited for our new life. We're supposed to go. Mm. And I'm like, 
okay, God, like. That's wisdom coming from a kid who has to enter a, a whole new a 14 life. A 14-year-old, yes. less than a week after mom dies, who's going to a new school, who's extremely introverted. And and has very close developed relationships where she yeah, lives. Like you know, her yeah. cousins, all that, her friends. And so we, uh, from that moment on, I just spoke as if we were moving. And my other girls were just like, yeah. Yeah, we sure, what there. do we like, do? It yeah, yeah. Thing, like so. it wasn't even a thing. Yeah, so anyway, another God thing. How has the church welcomed you here? It's been nothing short of what the body of Christ should be. Like we moved into a house that's like, a new house, but it wasn't personalized. So that church has literally over the last six months personalized and helped customize. Like we literally left for two weeks for Christmas. And during Christmas, they did like a total remakeover on all my girls' rooms to get my girls' rooms exactly how they wanted them, paint colors they'd want. Like, really? So I'm like, we got new white paint. We're good. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. Like we're going to redo these rooms. So my girls' rooms are just are wonderful. They um, What a little, you know, 12-year-old yeah. girl would want. Yeah, and they um, basically... Uh, took up a love offering of the church, and they said, we want to make sure that there are things that Winter would have wanted that happened that, that aren't going to be, we know that you're a dad and you're thinking about money, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to make sure that those things are done. And so they've just done some different things around our house and helped with things to just make our life feel that much easier so we could just focus on grieving. I can focus on my girls. My girls can focus on grieving well. And so from the perspective of the body of Christ being the body of Christ, like they've been amazing mm-hmm. and a model of what the church should be. And what's funny is I, I don't know that like our church family back in Dallas loved us, but because we're like Evans people, uh-huh. you know, it's almost like, I think people would be like, Oh, they're kind of good. good. You know, like yeah. they're, not knowing like the Evanses are never around. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so being here, it's like people have been very intentional about bringing us in. And it's such a small community in Franklin. Mm-hmm. Like I got people like buy my meal. I don't even know. And yeah. because I'm a pastor and because I didn't know my role would be public, but Darren's like, Hey, can you get up on the stage and pray for people who are grieving? And yeah. can you do communion and can you do this and that? So, now I'm just really known in my community, which for me, as a very relational person, is really important. Mm. Um, so it's just been a beautiful— Did I see a picture of people waiting outside your house when y'all came? Another story. So Chrissy Nordoff, who doesn't go to the church but who knew Anthony, gathered a group of women to pray around our house before we got there. So if you walk on my porch, on my porch are all these stones with Scripture and prayers, like probably— 50 stones mm-hmm. with different scriptures and prayers, paintings, all these things, all my porch that will never leave my porch because they prayed around my home. And the church organized a welcoming party. One of the members basically flew in and picked us up to bring us uh, here so we wouldn't have to do the whole, <sighs> Where's the, how's our dog going to get here and all this stuff. So he comes in and gets us. Uh, pick, he drives us to the airport to our house. And we go from, we get to our house and there's like, I don't know, hundreds of people surrounding our house clapping, cheering, waving signs. They pray for us. And then just a small group of them, um, my boss's family, Darren's family, and a couple other close families come to our house, had dinner, and we just had prepared a meal for us. So it's not like we came to this new community, unknown. It's just this quiet, we sit in our grief by ourselves kind of thing. They're like, no, we're here. We want to be with you, and we're going to celebrate you. We're going to celebrate winter. And they've done nothing but that. They've Mm -hmm. celebrated winter, they've celebrated us, and they've just pulled us into... It's just a beautiful story. I mean, it's just... Amazing. Well, it's, you know, winter for those of us that were friends and that know her, like her legacy, it it does impact our life. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I have thought about winter Mm -hmm. over the past six months of just, honestly, what I I explained to you earlier is however long I get, God, let me do it well. And I think about that. Like when I'm making decisions, when I'm doing things, I'm like, God, make me WW winter. What would winter do? You know, like I want to be more like winter. Um, But she was just passionate and intentional with what she loved. And it's very evident that she loved her girls. She loved you. She loved her family. Um, Can you talk to us about her ministry? Yeah. Well, before I do that, like Mm -hmm. I I do want to say like, it didn't mean winter was perfect. She was a normal girl. I mean, you knew that. Oh, yes. But she knew how to say no to things that weren't hers. Mm-hmm. And that was really evident at her funeral. Like saying no to her wasn't a big deal. She yeah. wasn't a people pleaser. Uh-huh. So she could focus on the things that God wanted her to do, like her ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, for girls like you, like it was really hard for her to want to come home. We felt like she felt like she was called to come home after our two daughters, were, our second daughter was born to just be a mom and just be there and focus on, um, focus on our girls. So she came home and it was the hardest decision she ever made. And she had many nights for days on end and probably, I don't know, at least a year or two where she's like, what am I doing with my life? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've got more purpose and God's given me all these skills. And so she didn't embrace it. And then one day she goes in her closet. I've told this story, told this story many times, but she goes in her closet and she writes um, Psalms 37, five, I think it is to let yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Writes on a piece of paper, puts on her closet and begins to own that scripture day by day. Life not being perfect, but life being like, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to do this. And started to um, delight herself in the things 
of God, like which was like raising her daughters mm-hmm. and owning that stuff. And right, and the, where she was. Where she was. Yeah. And what's funny is that everything that she did from a ministry context came out of the fact that she realized in doing that that there were very few resources for tween girls because mm. our oldest daughter, Lena, was turning seven. She was a great reader, but the content was like either too baby or too grown, nothing in the middle. And she's like, I'm going to create a resource. So she downloads a free copy of Adobe InDesign software, downloads two more copies of free software on two more laptops over the course of 90 days. And that was the beginning of her ministry. No money. We had no money because we lost half our income when she came home and just built this ministry over the next seven years, the magazine for Girls Like You magazine, which is still being published, which is growing right now. And We've been a subscriber forever. Yeah, my daughter loves it. I'll never forget um, seeing, she shared with me that one... I don't know. You have one I have one daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You you sharing her uh, her book. God's girl says yes. Yeah. And you asking her like you know why do you like it? And she's like I feel like it's talking to just me. Mm-hmm. You know. And that was just but that was Winter's gift. Like God gave her the gift to be able to talk to girls in a way that they needed to hear it. And it's almost like she was giving them an ideal to aspire to without preaching to them about what that should look yeah. like. And she just had a real gift for that. So yeah. you know the magazine came out uh, started eight years ago as barely a magazine. It was more like a little resource guide. Now it's like, we call it a real magazine. It is a real magazine. We we hired an editor in chief uh, in last February that Mm -hmm. worked on three issues with Winter Before She Died, which was another move by God, Providence. Mm -hmm. And her name's Roberta. She's still running it. And now I'm basically in the process of taking um, all of Winter's ministry, creating uh, For Girls Like You Ministries, a nonprofit that'll do publishing, the uh, the magazine, plus some other resources, um, events, probably in partnership with event ministries and using our brand and then mission trips because events and mission trips were the two things she wanted to do that she never mm. was able to do. So we're going to accomplish this. You're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, my daughter's story loves the magazine. Um, her name's story. Her name's story. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. she loves the magazine and, and she had read that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's girl says yes, uh, before winter passed away. And uh-huh. so, um, you know, I, I get to talk with her about my friend Winter and tell her about it. And awesome. um, she she was got that book out again recently after Winter passed away. And I, I talked to my daughter about it. I mean, my kids saw me grieving for my mm-hmm. friend. And um, and she said, she said to me something like, she brought the book to me and she's like, Mom, I'm still so sad that mm-hmm. Winter died. And I was like, I know, me too, baby. And she said something like, but I'm glad she's with Jesus. I mean, wow. it was this like 11-year-old kind of— yep. That kind of, that is different for 11, 10, nine-year-old kids to go, this makes me really sad. And, oh, I'm glad she's with Jesus, you yeah, know? That's that sorrow and joy thing. Yeah. And honestly, like, people, when people ask me, like, how I'm doing what I'm doing, the only way I know to say is it's God. And the, the only other thing I, that, I, that I know is that, that God's given me a perspective on this thing that as believers, I think we should have. And that, I think that's the great hope that we have is that we can have a perspective that can embrace the sadness of losing something that means so much to someone, that means so much to us here on earth, while knowing that there's complete joy for them with the Lord and then complete joy for us because he will not give us, you know, put on us more than we can bear and all that, all these scriptures we know, but there's this reality that we can have a different perspective. And mm-hmm. so I've just really tried to embrace that perspective and help my girls just like yeah. stories embracing that perspective, mm-hmm. like just to embrace it. Like it's just, the reality is you find more hope in that perspective. And each day has been better because of that. Not easy, not perfect, but... More hopeful. Hardest days of your life. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. hardest six months. Uh, What do? How would you describe winter? What do you say to people? You know, what's funny is uh, there's uh, Kyle Chowning who was on that trip with you guys. Kyle Chowning wrote to me and he he called winter part feisty, part quiet. Another one was holy loved, holy his. But like winter was a feisty girl. Like. She was not a pushover. She was not like women think, or people think about, you know, if you're going to be God's woman, a holy woman, you got to be like this quiet spirit, gentle. I mean, Winter was like the exact, she was a gentle spirit, but she was not a pushover. And so she'd tell you what she thinks. You could tell if she was annoyed by something. So she was feisty is the only word I can give to yeah. that. So I got that from Kyle. And then um, part quiet was the other one. I mean, she was a very introverted person. What's funny is that Winter had like a quiet confidence about it. Like she wasn't quiet like she was shy. She was quiet like she was processing th- processing things that she wanted to process and that she didn't have words to waste on anything else. So like even as her husband, like the hardest thing for me was getting like, how do I engage this girl in a way that isn't annoying to her in a way that like <laughs> helped, like how do we get on the same page? Because uh-huh. I'm not like, I'm like totally surfacey at times. Yeah. I just want to talk just to talk and she didn't want to talk just to talk at all. Uh-huh. So it was a balance. We had to learn each other. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, definitely quiet, definitely feisty. Um, definitely dedicated to the things that she knew that she was called to do. So that was um, her marriage to me. Mm -hmm. That was raising her girls. That was her ministry. That was her friendships. Um, But she could easily tune out anything else besides that. Uh You know, uh, Crystal would say that 
Winter watched more Netflix than anybody she knew. <laughs> and she didn't understand how she could be productive. So you probably heard her talk about yeah. like, I don't know how oh, Winter yeah. got all this stuff uh-huh, done. She's <laughs> doing all this stuff and she watches Netflix all day. Yeah. I don't get it. You know, yeah. so. But she got done what she needed to get done. Yeah, no yeah. wasted effort. No, none at all. Yeah. What do you want your girls to remember about their mom? Yeah, what's beautiful for me is one of the biggest fears I had was would they remember their mom? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's done too many things and she's spoken too many words to them because her ministry was all about them. She That was her trick. Is her What she did was only for them. Right, but then it, other yeah, people benefited, other people from, benefited it. Yeah. from it. Yeah. You know, so the reality is that they'll never not remember her because she's done so much. But what I would want them to remember about her, um, obviously, first and foremost, is how much she loved them and how much she was motiva- motivated by, by their lives and um, how much she poured into them. And I think because she poured so much into them so intentionally, that's just a byproduct of what she did. Yeah. You know? So I, I've got um, just great hope that that's, um, that's going to happen, that they, they will remember her. And, you know, the other thing I, I would love is that they, in a lot of ways, mimic who she was. Mm-hmm. You know, the parts of her that they have, like that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that lived out. I'm already seeing it lived out. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it lived out. I remember I think someone said that at the funeral. They looked at your girls and said, you get this great opportunity because your mom has left all of this for you. Yeah. Like her ministry, someone even said on a hoot was said, your mom had this ministry to girls, but it was really to you guys. And then other yeah. people benefited yeah, from it. girls like you. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, like uh, pa- Scott Wilson was the pastor's name that did... Uh, just remarks, I guess. And that was the church we were at when she passed. And he literally was like holding her books out saying, yes. this is what she meant by this one. This is what she meant by this one. This is mm-hmm. why she did this one. It's all for you. Yeah. And yeah. it was another beautiful God moment. So. Whose idea was it at the funeral to play the video of Winter Speaking? Oh, yeah. So uh, that was uh, her nine-minute talk at Q. Uh-huh. She did a, it was actually really neat because that she gave this nine-minute talk at Q, which I think was the epitome of God saying, I want I want your words to speak to this world. It was just like Q's like a neat Christian mm-hmm. forum for that. And so she did that talk at Q in April. And Gabe Lyons, who runs Q, basically sent that video to me three nights before the funeral and said, Hey, you have to watch this. Like you have to hear what Winter's saying. He's kinda he's like, it's kinda eerie. Like just check it out. And as soon as I started watching it. Because you hadn't seen it or well, heard. I was there when she spoke it, but, but I But it was just I, yeah, yeah, was yeah, I know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I watched it and I'm like, she's got to speak at her own funeral. Wow. And she's talking about the next generation of girls and her, her prayers for the next generation. And I'm like, there's nothing else. Like, cause I was going to give some remarks. And I'm like, there's nothing else that needs to be said other than what she's going to say. And yeah, that was probably one. I just got goosebumps again, remembering mm-hmm. it. It was probably one of the most moving things because I think we all, you, me, everyone, we want our life to have mattered. Yep. You know, we want our life to have impacted people for the kingdom. Um, And to see Winter on the screen, Mm -hmm. like knowing that she was gone, you know, but we're looking at her and she's teaching about pouring in and teaching the next generation and what that matters. It was, um, it wasn't eerie by any means. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Because it was like, it feels weird because you're like, it feels like someone was speaking from the grave, but it wasn't. It felt like she was saying, here's what I leave you. Yeah. Like, here's what I want you to know. Yep. Yeah, it was it was beautiful, and she was beautiful. She looked bomb on that. She on that. did look bomb. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, she did. On, yeah, uh, little yeah. jacket. I know. I know. Um, little boots. Um, yeah, it was just it was beautiful, and it, again, just another intentional thing by God, like giving her that opportunity to do that and kind of share like her life's message. Yeah, it was like a, this kind really of mantra neat, challenge. Yeah, yeah, in this highly produced kind of format. It's yeah. just really beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. yeah. So. Um, so I'm so happy to hear how you and the girls are doing. Um, by no means underestimating the challenges and sorrow and grief that you guys are walking through. But it's encouraging to hear you say that you are finding that really difficult space of joy and sorrow at the yeah. same time. Um, how bad do you yearn for eternity? You know what's funny? I've never, I never ever yearned for eternity, like not really, but now like I do. And I realized uh, somebody called it the thin place. Like, uh, I was talking to a lady from Colorado and she was saying that Colorado is like this, it's the thinnest place between heaven and earth. And like, I feel like I'm living in a period that's like the thin place, like where I realize how close heaven is. And, you know, I've never been a mystic, but I feel like I was sort of becoming one because I'm like noticing all these signs about how close eternity is and how close winter really is even. Yeah. And um, so, um, yeah, I yearn for eternity. I yearn to see her again. I yearn for my girls to see her again. I start thinking about other family that she's with right now. Like that's that's the beautiful thing about the reality of heaven is we don't just believe that our like our loved one 
you know, with the spouse or a child is in heaven, but they're actually there with other, you know, the other um, saints great that have witnesses, gone before. Saints, yes. You know, the saints have gone before, the great yeah. cloud of witnesses, uh-huh. all that, like that. You know, I start feeling like really old school, like, uh, you know, all the growing up, just thinking about Hebrews and yeah. just how close that place is. So I, yeah, I, um, more than ever. And what's funny is me and Alina were boarding a plane. She was going to, I think, sing somewhere. And it was a lot of bad weather. And I'm like, are you, are you scared? And she was like, no, she's like, cause if I die, I'm just gonna be with mommy. And I was like, that's a great perspective. True story. Yep. True story yeah. You know? Yeah. So just again, perspective is everything, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm thankful for, uh, where I'm at with my girls. And I, I know that God's got another story to tell through us here. I don't, it could be only another year for me. I don't know, five years, it 10 is. years, hundred years, yeah. whatever it is. But like, I'm hopeful about the future, but I am hopeful about eternity beyond this earthly future as well. Well, what I see to be really evident here is something that is super encouraging me in the faith is that that God can use all things for his glory and for his good. All things. And I think that is this hard doctrine that we kind of like stand on and we believe it and we say it and it sounds real Mm churchy until we're in the midst of something truly difficult. And when that still holds true in the difficultness is when my faith is encouraged. You know how many conversations I've had with people that would never even go to church, go through the doors of a church, friends of mine that gave up on faith. I mean— Because of Winter's death. Because of Winter's death and because of them watching our family go through this very publicly, I've had more opportunity to talk about the Lord than I ever had before. So for us, like— for churchy people, like we're kind of bitter about it. And God's like, I'm using that. Like I'm using your, you know, like I think about the scripture, you know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus endured pain and hardship and difficulty all because he knew there was joy coming in the end. So I think about that even in my perspective now. It's like, okay, like if that's what Jesus did, I'm not Jesus, but if that's what he did, that's what I'm going to attempt to do is endure the pain right now because I know there's joy. Like winter's- There's this eternal glory that we have. She has that now, but- God's working that in my life and others' lives through this pain. Mm. You know, it's not like that pain's not wasted. Yeah. I also think there's two, and this could be a longer conversation that we don't have time for, but I think there's this idea that somehow we've bought into the lie that we all get 85 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And God is like, no, I'm in control of all of this, and I have actually set apart how long you'll be here. And I think that's a hard, it's a hard thing as a mom because Mm -hmm. I'm like, Please let my kids, you know, I don't I don't want to bury a kid. Yep. You know, I don't want to bury my husband. But at the end of the day, we're saying we want to be able to say, God, I trust you with what you have already said is best. Yeah. And that's difficult. And it's like it's I mean, honestly, it's just buying into like this American dream of like I'm gonna get to sixty and retire and then I'm gonna live twenty five more years and play golf or do whatever it is. And the reality is that's not like God says your days are marked, they're numbered, like Surprise, it's in the Bible. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, I, not, not, again, not that that makes it, I would love to have had 15, For sure. 30, 40 We would all want winter, winter to be back here, yeah. But it's just like, we don't get to shape that. And it's not like God promised us that. Like, it doesn't say that anywhere yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, so. Well, yeah. you know what? I am, and I think I told God this shortly after winter died. I'm just so thankful that in the whole people in the world hmm. that I was allowed to be her friend. And so she was a joy. Uh, She was kind and challenging um, and just fun to be around. And so she inspired me as a mom to a daughter. And so I'm thankful for the years that I had with her. And I know you are as well. I am. And I'm honestly like thankful for your friendship with her. It's just, it's really neat to watch. Like, you know, I think about you and the busyness of your life and how easy it would be to miss, whether it be certain people or certain things and just the intentionality, just to be like, you know what, I want to, you know, invest in a little bit of that and a little bit of her or spend time with her. I mean, she was an easy woman to love. She was. Everybody did, but thank you for loving her. And I know that she loved you. You know, I spent a time in your house filming something with Winter and Crystal. Yeah, with Winter and Crystal. Probably at work. (laughs) There were no kids there. But the funny thing about it is I had my son with me. I'd come up to speak at a conference and I brought one of my I brought one of my kids with me. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, we have to go do this video thing first. He spent the entire time we were videoing in your he had this little back TV room with your mother in law. Oh, and they were hilarious. watching TV. <laughs> like, and then he was like, "She fell asleep," and it was it was kind of funny. He, when I was talking about winter, he was like, "Is that who I sat in their TV room and That's watched? Um, who knows what with um, her mom?" So yeah. yeah, Grammy we call her Grammy. So, so Caden and Grammy hung out. That's awesome. At one point or another, when I was at your house <laughs> with Crystal and Winter um, during trouble, but Jonathan, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and thank you for letting me be like the only male besides your husband. You're on the show. only, and I can't think. I mean, I have this weird 
you don't know this about me, but my listeners have this weird crush with George W. Bush. And so <laughs> if George wanted to come on, he would be welcome. Yes. But I'm honored. Um, I'm honored to have you. I'm honored to also just continue to share Winter's story awesome. um, and share yeah. the life that she had and the ministries that you're going to continue with uh, for girls like you. You're, the book that you guys just released in January, Emptied, like it's just a joy to be able to talk to you about what you guys are continuing to do, even yeah. with Winter not here physically. Well, thank you for your investment in her and in us. And I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Guys, let me remind you about ThreadUp. If you want to save money, if you want to save the planet, and you want to look good while doing it, then it doesn't get any better to do all three of those things than ThreadUp, the largest online consignment and thrift store. Shop over 35,000 brands at up to 90% off estimated retail. Go to threadup.com slash happy hour for an extra 30% off your first order. That's threadup.com slash happy hour for an extra 30% off today. Friends, I hope that you were as encouraged through my conversation with Jonathan as I was. The way that you can tell that Jonathan cherished and loved his wife and also stands fully understanding and believing that God is still good in the midst of this tragedy. I was encouraged. I was challenged. I was inspired. I was pointed to Jesus the entire time. Everything he said, and he said it a few times, was grief is not easy, but he still trusts that God is here. That is something that I think we can stand on in the midst of whatever your tragedy might look like today. It may not be the loss of a loved one. It may be the loss of a job or a dream. And we can stand and say that, God, you are good in the midst of the hard. Thank you, Jonathan, for trusting us with your story. Man, I loved your wife. Oh, I loved her so much. You guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Lisa Leonard. Lisa has been running Lisa Leonard Designs for years upon years, and now she is an author. She released a book called Brave Love a couple weeks ago. Lisa and her husband stopped by my office in Austin, and we sat down and had a beautiful conversation about what it looks like to love yourself well and love those around you. You're going to love our conversation. You guys, enjoy your week. If any of you young girls are going to be at Therefore this weekend, I'm actually going to be there with Winter and Jonathan's oldest daughter. She's going to be there with us. But if you're at Therefore, please come and say hi. You guys share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend, and I will see you back here next week with my friend, Lisa Leonard. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.